0: Welcome to Echoes of Glory, Season 9, Episode 24. I'm Jack. amazing <laughs> perfect timing now it, we're, we're still in a very strange situation with the pod at the moment in terms of there's no games, so we've come up with a new structure and um, that we're going to have for the pods moving forward and we're going to start the podcast with spurs of years gone by so we're very pleased that Stato's back with us today so Stato do you want to take away sort of what your year of choice is um, and why you've picked that year?
1: Yeah you guys asked me to, to select my favourite year and you know the. There are still so many to choose from. But I just tried to think back to the purest memories. And it was the age that my son John is now, seven coming up to eight. And I just, I loved that Tottenham team. That's my team. Steve Perriman is my captain. He'll always be. You know, I watched more games. Sorry?
2: What's the year? You haven't given us the year.
1: Sorry, 81-82.
2: So Jack was just... A glint in Mr. L's eye, and uh, to be fair, I, w- I wasn't around either. <laughs>
3: well, well to
0: be fair, you, um, you you mentioned Mr. L senior there cause I did message him and say we're going to talk about 81 82, and he was furious, he was absolutely furious. Oh, <laughs> that's my season, how can you do this? So, uh, he might not even listen this week, but sorry, Stat, go on, carry on. You, you, I, you were saying,
1: I hope I do it justice, Mr. L. Um, yeah, I just it, it means so much to me that team. And it's the age that my son is now, and I kind of I find that connection really hard to find with modern football, and, and it's just made me so happy thinking about this. Um, he gave me a bit of warning, so I went back through, got some old books, I found all my programs that I've got from that season. Um, to be fair, I think they're the games that my dad went to. I probably only went to six or seven of the games. Um, I, I never kept a record back then of, of the ones I went to, but... Um, just, you know, such ingrained memories because there just wasn't the footage like there is now. Now, in 20 years' time, we can say to John, your first game was this, and we find it on YouTube. There might have been six or seven games throughout the whole season that were televised. So it's it's special and precious to to find the coverage of it. And, you know, there are YouTube channels, um, you know, popping up here and there and people, you know, converting stuff for match today and the big match. Um, onto YouTube. So it's fantastic to find and I'll sit there and I'll watch it and I, I just remember these things and the pictures remind me how, how close I was to it and how special it was. But So let's, let's go through the team. Um, we'd won the FA Cup the season before, uh, Aussie's dream was 81, Ricky Villa's cup final um, and we in, improved the team greatly by signing Ray Clements from Liverpool. Um, it was quite expensive at the time, 300,000. Um, we'd let Jennings go about five years earlier, and he was younger than Clements was when we signed him. So, that some people sort of saw that as a backward step, but you know, what, he improved the team immensely. And my favorite ever Spurs 11 has always been the team, the, out, the outfield team that played in the 81 final with Ray Clements in goal. So, this season en- encapsulates that. Um We played so many games towards the back end of the season. It's even hard to comprehend. Um, And it probably cost the team. We won the FA Cup. We lost in the League Cup final, having led with three minutes to go. uh, Got taken to extra time and then beaten comfortably. We got into the quarterfinals of the uh, UEFA Cup, where we were brutally kicked out by a barbaric Barcelona team, um, as far away as you could imagine from the silky football now, the tiki taka. Uh, this was wacky wacker. Um, you know, the, the likes of Graham Roberts were, you know, shrinking violets in comparison to, to the Barcelona players. Um, and we ended up with just the FA Cup left to play for because we'd had this crazy schedule where we had to play so many league games. Because 81 82 was a really harsh winter. So I've looked at the, the, the fixtures and the, and the stats during December and January for the whole two months, we only played seven games Wow! because so many games were, you know, were frozen off and, you know, pitches weren't playable. And then in February, we played eight, March, we played nine, April, we played nine and May, we played 10.
3: Hmm. So
1: the the, the the squads just weren't big enough in those days to, to, to deal with it. We could have done it now. Um and you often see teams where a lot of the players just play through this. Only Steve Perriman played every game in all, all 65 games. Just because the players ended up broken. There were there were weeks where we played Saturday, Monday, Wednesday, Saturday. And then repeated yeah. the following week. That's incredible. In, in May. I mean, it was just relentless. We played um, 28 games in the last 89 days of the season. Wow. That's 28 games in 12 and a half weeks.
2: Yeah, that's mad.
0: It's
1: incomprehensible. I mean, well, who knows? This might be what we're we're going to have uh, in the near future to, to finish this season and, and start the next. And staff. Um,
0: anybody that, anybody that's not familiar with sort of Spurs during this era, what were the expectations going into the season? Were were, were fans expecting great things off the back of the season where we won the FA Cup in eighty one, or, or or was it sort of we were just a middle of the road side back then?
1: No, the the expectations would have been high um, back then. You know, Liverpool um, had won the league several times in the late '70s. Forest had won it once, but in, actually, around this era, it wasn't the case of one team dominated. It became that with Liverpool, but Ipswich had pushed so close for two seasons running, and um, Villa had won the season before, only using 14 players all season. Um, so actually, it was kind of up for grabs for anyone really in, in the in the top you know echelons of the league. Yeah. Um, so you know, you always fancied your chances. Um, but for, for Tottenham, it just became such a problem at the end with, with so many league games to play, um, you know, with broken bodies. Yeah. Um, but, but, yeah, in essence, that the season of the team, let me go through the team. So Ray Clements in goal, um, Steve Perryman played right back uh, towards the end of his career, um, having played with such distinction for so many years um, in central midfield. We had a centre back partnership of Roberts and Miller. Now, it's hard to, to comprehend two harder um, centre halves to play against. You you just couldn't play like they did nowadays. Um, I'm sure they would have adapted, I'm sure they would have done their own thing in the modern game. Um, but you know, they, they were ruthless and um, And when you, know, when you
0: say that, statu, in what sense that they were very, very physical and aggressive uh, in, in
1: that in sense. incredibly physical. You, you, they lived on intimidation um, and and frequently uh, Graham Roberts is, is about as hard a player as I could remember growing up and when people asked him who was the harder of the two he always said paul Miller and he said he always said paul Miller's mantra was when in doubt kick the man <laughs> you know, that's kind of you know the opposite of what you'd expect people to to say but um, and we had Chris Huton out on uh, left back um, he was right footed he was so I don't know, he was so fast. I just think he was so unlucky in an era when Kenny Sansom had pretty much tied down the England right-back slot. So Chris was one of the first English-born players to go and play for the Republic because he obviously had a a family connection. But I'm sure, had it not been for for Kenny Sansom, then I think England would have come knocking and Chris Hutton would have won won many caps over the years because he was a really good footballer as well, not just a tough tackling um, an agile defender, but he, he got forward and he scored a few goals as well. Yeah. At time. But it's this midfield that just, it just is heavenly. Ardiles, Hoddle, Ricky Villa and Tony Galvin. Now Galvin worked so hard. He's one of the most underrated players. Um, if you knew the team back then, Galvin was a real workhorse and so much came through him, but we had all the talent, you know, across the pitch on the other side. But his, his efforts were, were just not unnoticed. And when it came to the League Cup final, Graham Soonest did him in about the 10th minute because they saw him as the threat. And it was an awful tackle. I mean, nowadays it would be, you know, red card and a scandal. Yeah. What was um, it? Ever, but, even a foul back then, was it? Yeah, well, pretty much so, yeah. Um, but, you know, the talent in there. Our deal is, again, if you didn't see him play, it's, he's like... I don't know, Modric, but with, you know, end product. He's like Modric with more agility. He's got all the passing and all the skill, but so much more. He was small, but he was wiry and strong. And then you've got Hoddle, the most naturally gifted English player of a generation or more. Um, His passing ability was absolutely second to none. The through balls he could play. he, He wouldn't just play a ball for you to run onto. It would be into your, into your pace you would just run you know and it would be there for you some people likened him to having feet like golf clubs he could chip a ball it could backspin it could just get the distance right and he was excellent with set pieces which was a lot harder to take in those days because the balls were a lot heavier they didn't you know they didn't move around as much as they do nowadays you you couldn't get up and over a wall as easily as you can Mm. with these lighter modern footballs and then Ricky Villa um a bit of an enigma really he was one of those players where he'd either be astonishing or shocking and you could probably tell quite early on which he was going to be and he highlighted that in the 81 final having such a poor game in the in the, you know the first match and then absolutely lighting up the replay um you know and stealing the show with with breathtaking play and goals and then up front we had the the two strikers who'd only been put together as a partnership the season before um garth crooks and steve Archibald Cooks was a great finisher. He had a really, really good left foot. Um, He was agile, which you can't imagine now because he's a bit of a blob. But then, you know, so am I. Doesn't make me a bad man. Um, But he did his speaking on the pitch. And again, nowadays, that's something you wish wish he still did. Um, And Steve Archibald was, it's really hard to liken him to any modern player. Um, The only player I can really liken him to of a different era was Dal Gleish. He was similar to Dal Gleish as he was a ruthless forward. But he would drop back and he wouldn't necessarily play as a number nine. He'd kind of play a more deeper role and bring other players into it. But his shooting was phenomenal. And and actually, he was such a good player that when Barcelona sold Diego Maradona, that was the player that they came to to replace him.
0: Which is not a bad compliment, right?
1: And and actually, Archibald delivered something that Maradona hadn't in his three years at Barcelona because they won La Liga in his first season. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, so that was a fantastic achievement he was a, he was a fine, fine player and then you've got fringe players like Mickey Hazard what a tremendous talent if the guy hadn't been fighting to play alongside or to get past Ardiles and Hoddle then he would have you know, led our team for many years I know he's a massive fans favourite now he's, he's as big a Spurs fan as you could ever meet and the guy just lives and breathes Tottenham but he was an incredibly talented player deft touch, skillful. And he came into his own this season. And then, you know, for the next two years, um, and including the UEFA cup run, um, when we struggled for fitness, hodderwood had, had its injury problems. Um, and we just had this amazing talent in Mickey Hazard, you know, behind to, to come in and play. Um, up front, we had Mark Falco. And do you know what? I think he was a kind of, a bit like Harry Kane, but not as ruthless as the finishing. He brought uh, with a, Big guy, he had such a good touch. He scored some really skillful goals. But he's the kind of player that we've just missed for the last five or six years. I've, you know, been coming through the ranks and then, you know, being on the bench, not necessarily being the first-choice man, but coming in and just scoring goals when you needed. Yeah. Scored lots of important goals in, in the coming years. And then there was also Gary Brooke, who played um, as a winger, but attacking midfielder pretty much anywhere across the, the front line when needed. Um, and Brook had been the substitute in the uh, cup finals the year before. He was kind of always just on the fringes, and then he came into his own more in this season um, because we had lots of players, you know, missed chunks of games through injury. Um, but essentially, that's that's my favourite ever team. That first eleven didn't actually come together until the thirteenth game of the season that they all actually played that first eleven I chose. Yeah,
3: um,
1: because Cooks had been out injured, and then gradually through the season. Um, Other players dropped out and Hoddle missed a number of games. Archibald did too. Um, But that's my favourite Spurs eleven that played together. So not picking like a fantasy team.
0: That's brilliant. And and obviously we went on to win the Cup um, that season. What was the Cup run like as a fan? You know, we were obviously the holders at the time. Talk to us a little bit about that, what that was like and how did that compare to the year before as well?
1: We, we, actually, the year before, we were very lucky. If there was a weaker team left in the draw, we, we tended to get them. Um, whereas this time, we were very lucky with geography. Um, and so in the whole FA Cup run, um, we didn't leave London until the semi-final when we had to go and play at Villa Park. So we were at home to Arsenal in the third round. Lovely uh, North London derby to start off there, which we won 1-0. Then uh, First Division, uh, Leeds United at home. First division and, you know, league champions, Aston Villa. and We won all three of those games 1-0. And then we had to go and play Chelsea. And Chelsea were in the second division. And this is a game that's that's been seen quite a lot through uh, being repeated on um, match of the day or legend games on, on yeah. BT. Um, we struggled a bit. Chelsea had taken the lead. Um, but we scored three brilliant goals on the day. Um, Hoddle and Hazard and Archibald, I think it was. Um And we were just really fantastic. But there was a threat of us losing a big London derby. Yeah. Um, And then we go to the semi-final where we we got Leicester. Um, Now, probably, we'd have been favourites to win that one. And um, West Brom would have been favourites against QPR in the other semi-final. But QPR won at Highbury, um, thanks to a Clive Allen goal from memory. And then he got injured, barely played again until the cup final. And then he got injured in the cup final and uh, you know, ended up on crutches, which was a shame for him because his dad had played for Spurs in the double season and then Clive would go on to play for Spurs in the future. But um, it was actually Terry Venables' um, QPR that we played. So our former um, you know, player who played in the 80, uh, 67 Cup final for us got to play against... And it was a poor final. We were quite victims of this. We didn't really play our best football when it got to the end of the season in, in Cup finals. The first game against Man City, we were quite lucky to get away with a 1-1 draw. Um, City were quite bullish and thuggish. Um, a lot of their midfielders were you know, there to just try and stop our creative players. And they did that well on the, the first game in 81, but less so in the second game. But um, but QPR were a dogged and tough side. We had a few chances. Archibald missed a few, um, but it wasn't to be. We drew one all um, Hodler had scored. And uh, Terry Fennick popped up to score about two minutes from the end to equalise. Of course, he would come on to play for Tottenham as well. Um, so we went to a replay and, um, and we won that replay with a penalty from Glenn Hoddle. Um, Roberts had not been playing centre-half towards the end of the season, um, was pushed into midfield and he broke through and got brought down by their playmaker, Tony Curry. And, um, and Hoddle tucked away the penalty. He tucked it away so quickly the BBC almost missed it because they were showing a replay. Oh, really? Of the car. Um, but, yeah, you know, that was it was more of a relief at the end, I think, at the end of the season, because although we'd fallen away in the league and we did finish fourth, which was a strong strong enough finish, um, we were actually 16 points off Liverpool who were top. Yeah. But this was the first season. So this, this season, 81-82, was the first season of three points for a win. Previously, it had only been two. But we were so and I'll go back to this and say we were so knackered, but we actually only won two of our last 12 um, league games.
0: Yeah, which is, I mean, that's ter- terrible form. So.
1: Yeah, you know, and obviously, you know, we, would have, we could have played these games in, in January and December and it had been more evenly spread and we wouldn't have been as fatigued. Um, but yeah, the last seven games, we drew with Sunderland and Villa, who were 13th and 16th. We lost to Norwich and QPR, and they were twelfth and seventeenth. Oh, I thought QPR. I've the f- mistaken there. I've, um, I thought they were in the second division that season. They were. I've written the wrong team down. Anyway, it doesn't matter.
0: Yeah. Um, I mean, what an what an amazing season, though. And you know, I've, I feel like you've told a great story there of what it was like. You know, the players, the the connection that you had, and then for there to be some silverware at the end of it as well. That um, that's absolutely amazing. What would give for a bit of that at the moment, eh?
1: Well, definitely. Yeah. Um, just quickly, a couple of personal highlights in that. Um, there was a league game which Graham Roberts scored a hat trick. Um, and you know, Southampton was his um, first club. It was where he was born. They let him go as a child, so for him it was a massive, massive thing. Um, the North, sorry, the West Stand opened part way through the season, and we absolutely gubbed Wolves six one that day. Um, that was opened by Sir Stanley Rouse and Alan Wells, who would have been the 100-meter Olympic champion at the time. So you know it was a big, big thing. And but we again, the club almost bankrupted themselves with that. There was an, a massive overspend on that, and lots of people thought it wasn't a necessary thing. The executive boxes, 72 executive boxes, was more than were in the whole of the rest of the football league at the time. Wow. But you know, with the forward thinking, it wasn't even. It was pre irving scholar, but. Um, you know that kind of forward thinking that business was going to be the future, um, but and and a word, special word also for Keith Birkinshaw, the manager, because he was a really he outwardly seemed very dour Yorkshireman, but you know he had an honesty with the players, I think, and, and they trusted him and they went out and played for him, um, and he was one of these who you know really emphasised that it was it was the fans that were the most important people in the club, and you know we were to go out and entertain them. Maybe if there'd been times where we played a bit more pragmatically, played more of a defensive midfielder sometimes, rather than going out and attacking, we wouldn't have maybe lost so many points on the road, or might have gone a bit differently. But you know, Berkey was a real, a good Tottenham man, even though his you know heritage was was nothing to do with our club. He came in as a coach under Terry Neal, actually, uh, in the in the late 70s. But it's a team I remember with great fondness, and. There could have been so much more, and in the end, they ended up settling for just winning the FA Cup. And you just think, well, nowadays, we'd bite your arms off for that. Absolutely bite your arms yeah. off for that. Yeah,
0: definitely. Well, it's that great listening to you talk about your, what your favourite season there is as a Spurs fan. Um, we're going to move on now, and we're going to start to talk about some players that have played for Spurs over the years that we think are massively underrated. And the player that we're going to talk about today is Michael Dawson. And now I'm going to do a, a snapshot of his overall career and then ASD is going to go into what his um, greatest moments and achievements in a Spurs shirt uh, were. So Michael Dawson uh, began his footballing career at Nottingham Forest in 2001. Uh, he played 83 games, there scoring seven goals, um, made the move to Spurs in 2005. He was at Spurs for nine years, 236 appearances and seven goals. He was, a, he was a long-serving player for us um, wore the armband um, was a I think was a player that supporters absolutely loved because he just wore his heart on his sleeve. He was such a committed centre half. He had his limitations, of course he did, um, but you know he he was just he was such a Tottenham player. Uh, and I think everybody was massively disappointed when he did leave us in 2014. We went to Hull City. Uh, And he was there for four years before returning to Nottingham Forest, which is where he's still at now. Uh, He's been there since 2018. But a real, real top centre-half, great captain, the type of character that you always want players like that at your club. Um, ASD, what what were some highlights from Michael Dawson's time at Spurs that you wanted to talk about?
2: So... Defenders, right? So we talk about Ledley King and uh, Ledley, and we're, obviously we're talking about Dorse but the, the highlights of defenders are often the stuff you, you you don't really film. It's them stopping things before they get to a point where they need to do a last-ditch tackle. And that, that Dorse was... Dorse was he, he wasn't Ledley King like that but Dorse was brilliant. And Dorse was brilliant at putting his body on the line for you if you needed to but he was a brilliant leader so it was, it it was just the feeling of Dorst, You know what I mean? It was just him being there. I've got moments. So I've got um, he scored one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten goals for us. We never lost when he scored. I'm going to talk about all those goals. Oh, and then I've got a, f- a few moments. Um, most of them were headers. I'm not going to lie. So the first one, oh six, oh seven. You'll probably remember Chelsea header at home on 25 oh, yeah. minutes. To get us level. Terry was sent off in that game and Aaron Lennon scored the winner. That's a oh, brilliant goal. That, hmm?
1: Fifth of November. I remember it
2: well. <laughs> there you go. Right. Fifth murder at the lane. Ah, oh, just and it's a it's a brilliant header off a free kick from Jermaine Jennis, I yeah. think. Yeah. I'm not, Um and absolutely brilliant. His next goal was and I have never heard of this football team. And I like you know, looking into the depths of football, anorthosis in the Europa League. Uh, anorthosis
1: Famagusta.
2: Bless you. <laughs> 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 Where are they from, Stato? I did look up. I've totally forgotten.
1: Is it Cyprus? Oh, one of them. That's what educated guess. I will now Google it.
2: But uh... they've got enough vowels to. To be a secret team. Um, yeah. a goal to make it 2-0 in a 6-1 victory, another header. Uh, and then this is in 07-08, and they also scored against West Ham to earn us a draw on the 66th minute. Um, then there was lots of headers, you know. Uh, Burnley in the next season, 08-09, a header to make it 1-1 in a 4-1 victory. They're actually fairly important. There's a lot of goals to get us back into a draw from a mm. 70th, you know. Um standout one was, he's also scored against Stoke in that season, 08-09 in a 3-1 win, um, the next one is in 9 10, against Villa, like a right footed volley, do you remember that from the edge of the box that. it was a sort yeah, of,
0: yeah I remember this there yeah. were massive claims for handball it, it,
2: it yes. that goal, he was an equaliser
0: in the second half, I remember I mean, absolute screamer
2: yeah brilliant um, then we, he also scored against Everton uh, in the second, he scored the second goal for us to go 2-0 up but we finished 2-2
0: 10-11. So... And, and Stato can probably correct me if I'm wrong. That was the following game. He scored in back to We had two away yes. games in a row and he scored in back-to-back
1: games. Oh, yeah. Knowledge.
2: Yes. Not Lich Last three goals 10-11 He scored one Sunderland the Headers get us back in Level in the game That we won 2-1 away Which is pretty good And then 12-13 He was with us a long time 12-13 Panther away us away Headers make it 1-1 one, one. And then The only goal that I saw And this was one of my Proudest moments um, He scored from a quarter Against Reading uh, When we were fifth It was getting close To the end of the season And the ball came in and, you know, I'm not very good at shouting stuff. I make mistakes yeah. when I shout stuff at games. Uh, I shouted, Dawson's! And he scored and I felt like a boss. Um, that was against Reading.
0: I think I feel like it's only fair that you can claim the assist for that, really. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: He looked at me and he looked deep into my soul and he thanked me. Um, thanked, thanked the... Um, at the moment, he he led the team out against AC Milan in the San Siro in the Champions League in 2010. So he, that's a big deal for me. He was captain, and I'll, I'll, we talk about this team a lot because the difference in quality in the team is unbelievable. Because they've got, we've got Gomez, Gallas, Dawson at the back, so not exactly blessed with speed.
1: You say against 20, AC Milan or Inter Milan?
2: AC. After <laughs> in the M course, uh, so the
1: was the in goal. Who? Didn't Cudicini play in goal then? Weird. But his dad used to play for Aston Land I just I might be misremembering it. Maybe it
2: was that was in- a, that was home. Inte was definitely in goal. Oh, right. uh, at home, I think Cudicini played. But I've got I've got it from BBC Sport. But that sounds familiar as, as well. Gareth Dawson, Cholucca. And Asrikoto. Now, Choluca was replaced by Woodgate on 59, so we had three centre backs and a lower right back. Lennon, Van der Vaart, who Van der Vaart replaced by Modric later, Palacios and Sandro, so that's why he's obviously playing very Defensive yeah. P- Pinar and Crouch. Um, that
0: is an ugly team, isn't it? It, really is, it is it's an ugly, ugly side. And the speed, I'd love to know how long it would take that team to run 100 metres.
2: <laughs> yeah, because you've got Galas, Dawson, Choluca Vandavar, Palacios, and Sandro, and Pinar, and Crouch. Yeah, the only player who might be able to move is yeah, that's Ricotta, and I'm saying that just because he's a bit skinny. Um, but their team, Abbiati and goal was fine, whatever, but Nesta, one of the greatest ever defenders of all time, Thiago Silva, world class, one of the best defenders I've ever seen live, uh, Yepes, Gattuso, obviously Gattuso, Seedorf, uh, who was replaced by Alexandra Pato. Flamini, Abate, Antonini, Ibrahimovic, Rubino—unbelievable team. Can and just, we went away.
0: There, there was a moment in the um, in the home game against AC Milan. It was after about probably not even a minute, where Sadov picked the ball up and just played a four over <laughs> yeah. the top, and they nearly they nearly scored n- near enough from kickoff. And it was like, well, if we weren't awake and ready for this game, we are now. But it was it was one of the greatest passes that I've ever seen live.
2: Yeah, the, that team was, was good. Well, we actually, in the um, we were talking about Dawson, how he led that team out, and it was a that was a team to be proud of and a performance to be proud of, and I think he couldn't wear that with pride. The home game was amazing, um, and that, I think it was Coutucini against Inter, Stato, but I'm not 100% sure. Um,
1: yeah, because Gomez got I, sent off in the first game, so Coutucini kept on, and it, that's then that's had it. to play the next match, which was Inter, that's so it. I stand corrected, I do apologize for interrupting. Uh, he,
2: in, I've got... I'm f- dinging about a bit. He came back to White Hart Lane in 2015, where he, we relegated him um, as whole, so he loves coming back, but that was really painful for him, apparently. Um, but if we go back a few years, no 607, he played 58 games for us. That's a huge amount of games, yeah. uh, usually with Ledley King. Um, one bad point, which stuck out in my memory, and I had to go back and find the details. In October 2008, we played Stoke. We lost 3-1. Bale got sent off um oh we lost 2-1 sorry Bale sent off got sent off quite early on about 25 minutes but um <laughs> Dawson came on for Choluca on 77 minutes oh and God. then he got sent off on 90 minutes
0: it was a horrific um, challenge I remember it. it was about knee height wasn't it it was yeah.
1: absolutely <laughs> awesome tackle. Yeah. yeah for um, Fulham as well in the cup tie that we got gubbed we gave away penalty I, he had a bit of a shocker in a 4-0
2: uh oh, yeah, yeah, I remember so that. One of the cup, wasn't it? Oh, 09 and 10, he was our player of the year, which is a big deal, because you had Bale, admittedly, the left back Modric, Crouch, Defoe, Crenshaw, King. So to win our player of the year in that year, it was a big deal. Um, and Carlos Tevez called him the best English defender he'd ever played against. Um,
3: that, is
2: a, that is mental.
1: That's yeah. quite a high praise, isn't it?
2: Um, another mental bit which I've sort of forgotten at the beginning of the 2012-13 season Dawson was almost definitely joining QPR and we'd agreed around 7.5 million for him but Dawson had an issue with personal terms so then he they appointed him club captain and signed he signed a new three-year contract with us mm. crazy um, his highlights the one he says are his highlights debut, his debut with Liverpool and then West Brom in April 2005 and his other match was playing in the 5-1 semi-final um, defeat of Arsenal in the League Cup in 2008
1: didn't he almost score but he actually proved to be Bentner's own goal I'm misremembering that if, he hadn't, if hadn't put it in yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, that's, thought, yeah. Like, that's right so yeah we love Dorch underrated
1: never oh, quite top. never quite
0: made it international did he I know he went to the yeah. World Cup but he, he never quite was able to get in
1: I think didn't he had he three go, caps. Didn't he go to the World Cup because Heskey fell on Rio Ferdinand and injured him? Yeah,
2: he was the only uncapped player of that team. He made his full debut. He he played a, a pre-match. Uh, he, I think he came on against Hungary, um, and he he but he made his. What was it full debut against Hungary? He did. He didn't do very well. He got um injured in his only full first start, and he never really made it for England. It's because he's never the classiest defender. Yeah. He's the. He's a very useful. He'll do a job for you. He's a bit Ben Davis for me. Yeah. You, you just know it, out of him, and he's very consistent. Like, if I was, my criticism is, I just those long diagonal balls. Like Spurs fans now, if you never saw him, it was just mm-hmm. we. It was just always back to doors, long ball. Over to usually the the left wing, and we'd it'd either go out or go to their their was, was, The the so crossfield
0: pass was normally to whoever was in Rosehead of the West or the East Stand, depending so on what half it was. It
2: was bad. But, it was yeah, so bad. That's also, it. Love
0: the We're going to do now uh, different results at different Spurs, and by that I mean if. Matches over the years had gone differently. There'd been a different outcome. Um, we These are games that we think would actually have had a massive impact on the club.
2: So, ASD. Can I go first? I'm, I'm going to play the clip. Um, and I reckon one of you might have this as well, because we haven't planned this. But I'm going to play my match where, if this match had been different, the future of Spurs would be different.
3: Scored for Spurs, and is that the goal
0: that takes them into the Champions <laughs> That That is the game I've got written down. <laughs> yeah, I knew it. 2010, City nil, Spurs 2, one. Mate, two I'm getting ex- I can You can hear
2: me smiling.
1: I might was... misread the brief here. I, I thought the brief was a game where if the result had been different, it would have been positive in a sort of way.
0: Oh, you can you can do it in a positive way. We've just we're just, neg- we're just negative people, so we've, we've, done it, we've done it in a negative way.
2: So let's talk about this one quickly. So this one is the penultimate game of the season. We're away to Man City. You now I've got the teams here. Um, so we've got Gomez, Bale as a number three. So he's a left back. Cabul, Dawson, King, Astro Cotto So properly three at the back. Yeah,
1: Bale. No, Bale was midfield. Oh, was he? Back. The ball played right back.
2: Ha, huh. okay, before, so he, he was moving he up.
1: For the, the of
2: course card. he did. Well, he was, yeah, so he was right up. So in the midfield, we had Huddleston, Bale then, Lennon, Modric, and then up front, we had Crouch and Defoe. They had um, Martin Foulop, Bridge, Zabaleta, Colatori, Company, Johnson, Barry, De Jong, Adebayor, Tevez, and Bellamy. Um, and Bellamy was replaced by... Bellamy's an underrated player, but he's not for Spurs, obviously. Um Santa Cruz who I think is the most beautiful man ever to play football. But they so they, they were only just beginning their their, their change into the, the big team that they wanted to be. But this was if we won we would get seventy points and they would have sixty six, which would guarantee us fourth place. It was Red Knapp's second season and we, we we dominated that game, but it was tight.
0: Yeah, and, and uh, if I remember rightly, Ledley King had a goal disallowed in the first half from a corner. Um, and I, I literally, I mean, Ledley King was my favourite ever Spurs player. So when he headed that in, we were going absolutely crazy. I'm thinking Ledley's going to get the goal that takes the Champions League. But no, it, it was disallowed. But you're right, we were brilliant that night. Um, I think most Spurs fans went into that hoping that we would get a result, but definitely, or I remember saying to Mr. El Senior, if we can just not lose today, then we've got such a brilliant chance. And that was sort of my mindset going into that game. But yeah. when that Crouch goal went in, I mean, the scenes behind the goal where the Spurs fans are is just absolutely insane. And, you know, the Peter Crouch podcast, which is such a brilliant listen, he's spoken a few times about that goal being one of the, his favourite goals that he's ever scored. Just because of what it meant to the club and the celebrations. Mm. Um, what a night. What a night it was.
2: It was, it, that, that was exactly it. That, that was what the word limbs was made for. And the the reason I've chosen it for this is because that was when we went from maybes and we, possibles to we can do this now. It took us a few years to get back, but we were in the Champions League. Suddenly we were in the elite and <laughs> football for me. It's about memories, like I'd rather win a cup and be relegated, I've been fairly consistent in that, and this was a memory, like all those Champions League memories, like Bale, and where he went on to do, and like the young boys games, and even getting battered by Real Madrid the following season, and signing Van der all of that wouldn't have happened without that goal in this game, and it, it was just, it, it. that's what pushed us on to that next level. Yeah, course.
0: Thank you. Um, um, Project. No, I was just going to say, Stato, what game have you picked? Because you've you've done a put a positive spin on it. Um, so, what what game have you picked, and what is the different outcome?
1: Your I've still got a twist on it. I promise you, don't worry. Um, the game I've chosen is uh, Chelsea one, Bayern Munich one, and Chelsea win the Champions League final. Oh. Oh. thanks for being. Because if ever there was a game that changed the destiny or the course of the history of. Of our club. I think that was it. Because if, essentially, Chelsea won, won the, um, the European Cup and we finished fourth and they finished sixth. I think Newcastle had been fifth in between us. But the rule was we were only allowed to have four teams from any one association, so from the Premier League, uh, in the Champions League. And Chelsea qualified as holders. So we managed to, to find ourselves, you know, knocked down to the Europa League just on the back of um, of Chelsea winning the Champions League that night. And it was written in you know the stars that it was going to be Munich's game. Munich had been picked two years before to host the final and Bayern get to the final. Chelsea had been so poor all season. They'd got um, Di Matteo as caretaker manager. Um, you know they'd, they'd, they'd only finished sixth in the league that season, so they, they'd had a poor, poor season. And somehow they'd just stumbled along and... Two minutes to go, and Bayern were leading 1-0. And, um, and Chelsea score from a corner. Uh, Drogba header. Take it to extra time. And then um, Drogba fouls Ribéry and gives away a penalty. And um, Robin misses. Petrček saves it. Mm, and yeah. it goes, you know, goes to basically to penalties. And, you know, our whole season hung on this. Because, if I'm honest, we absolutely should have got third. Fourth wasn't the prize. Third was the prize. And I was furious with, um, well, I was furious with Redknapp because I, I I did blame him for it. But lots of people blame Levy because in the January window, when you thought, if we can just strengthen now, if we can just push on. And we signed Ryan Nelson and Louis Sahar for, I think, some buttons and uh, a few, you know, recycled <laughs> coat cans or something. It was just ridiculous. But we still, even then, should have, finished so much stronger um, well if, if
0: memory is correct we had a couple of really bad home results towards the end of the season well, didn't we lose at home to Norwich
1: this is right of- I, I've just realised my mistake earlier when I was making my notes I turned the page and I've written the wrong note this was the, the point, not point 1981-82 where of the last seven games we drew with Sunderland and Villa and Danny Rose got sent off oh and yeah then- yeah, do you yes. remember Red made a substitution where we were like, we had to go for it. We really yeah. had to go for it. And he put on a defender.
0: We drew nil-nil, did we?
1: I think it was one-all. One-all, oh, no, yeah. it was one-all. But we, we lost at home to Norwich, as you say, in QPR, who were 17th. So I completely confused myself there with my shocking handwriting and poor note-taking earlier. But um, yeah, so for me, that game changed everything because I was strongly led to believe that Eden Hazard, the youngster from Leal... Was on the verge of yeah. signing for us, mm. and as soon as we didn't get Champions League football, he piggy went and signed for Chelsea. Because that summer we brought in Dembele, Lloris and Vertonghen. if we'd have had Hazard and Bale yeah. on top of those players, I mean, oh jeez, our destiny could have been mm. so different.
0: And Redknapp yeah, left that. Red left at the end of that year as well, didn't he?
1: Yeah, I mean, if I'm honest, I, I genuinely believe. That's the reason Levy didn't let him spend in the in the January because he didn't trust him. He knew he was gone. He knew we were going to go in a different direction. Yeah. And yeah, it maybe it cost us in the long run, but I still I still blamed uh, Redknapp for the for the way we finished that season. Yeah. But even then, the following season we ended up in the Europa League. We finished second in our group to Lazio. Chelsea. I don't think Chelsea even got. They went into the Europa League.
2: Yeah.
1: And I think their group stage was um, Juventus, Shakhtar, Donetsk, and a team I've not even heard of. Now, that really doesn't happen very often. Um, a Danish uh, team in their group. And we'd have, would have definitely done better than Chelsea did. Yeah. Um, and, and as it was... Wasn't to
0: be at that time, was it, unfortunately for
1: us? No, and I just felt that we were, you know, partially to blame ourselves. And then we were relying on, you know, Bayern Munich was so reliable. You always back the Germans in the in fact Bayern were leading 3-1 in the shootout and lost
3: 4-3 yeah
1: incredible isn't
0: it? It. incredible um, well great I really enjoyed that actually talking about different results from what might have been at Spurs and um, we're going to do uh, the quiz now so we'll do the We Are Tottenham Hotspur quiz
3: we are about the glory of the game we are about playing with style we are Tottenham Hotspur.
0: So, for anybody that doesn't know this feature, I'm going to give you a game that Spurs have played in and it is your job to fill in the blanks in terms of the Spurs team. I'm going to give you half of the team and it's your job to, to guess the rest of them. Now, I feel like, Stato, you could potentially get this in about 15 seconds. Um, better
1: on the older ones than the modern ones. So let's
0: see. Let, let's, let's see how we go. But this game is Leicester City 0, Tottenham Hotspur 1, the 1999 League Cup final, which we famously okay. won in the last minute. So, uh, we played 4-4-2 that day because that was a formation that everybody seemed to play, although Leicester didn't um, back in those days. So, our goalkeeper was Ian Walker. Our right back is a question mark. Our centre-half, the first one was Judas. The second one is a question mark. Our left, back, back. Our left back was Justin Edinburgh. Right-hand side of midfield was Darren Anston. Uh The first centre midfielder was Alan Nilsson. The second centre midfielder is a question mark. The left-hand sided midfielder is a question mark. And then up front is Stefan Everson and a question mark. So I need a right back, a centre half, a centre midfielder, a left midfielder and a striker.
1: Go on, Aister, I'll let you have a dig at this.
2: No, 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 uh, this is not me. This is all you.
1: Okay, I'm going to give you answers straight off the bat. Stephen Carl, right back. Correct ramon vega at center half he broke <laughs> his foot and played on correct um tim sherwood central midfielder incorrect okay um ginola on the left yep the layers up front
0: so Les up front so it's just the central midfielder that played alongside alan the one you need
1: um i'm visualizing the kit i know Sinton came on i think he was our only sub we used
0: yeah that's correct as um, well
1: he was a tough tackling midfielder.
0: Wasn't particularly good on the ball. Not fraud. It is indeed. Oh, it is indeed. Stefan Freund famously like returned as an assistant manager as well under AVB. Um, so, yeah, the Spurs side that day was Ian Walker in goal. Stephen Carr, Roman Vega, Judas, Justin Edinburgh, Darren Anderton, Stefan Freund, Alan Nilson, David Ginola. Les Ferdinand and Stefan Everson. And of course, we won 1-0 with the injury time goal from Alan Nilsson. Uh, so more, more good memories there, Stato. You, you must have been at that game.
1: I was. And I remember it quite fondly because it was the first game or first final we got to where my dad and my brother had stopped going. So I was the only one still with a season ticket. So I got my season, you know, my match ticket as default. And then it was a case of scrambling around trying to find tickets for them. And I managed to find a, a colleague who got two spare or, he, he, you know, he knew somebody who got two and we didn't realise until on the morning of the game, it was in the Leicester end.
0: Oh.
1: And my dad and my brother go, it's like they're in the front row behind the goal. so a lousy viewer of the old Wembley, um, you know, just before he gets knocked down. Um, and it was, it wasn't even a case of they, they wore anything spurs or they cheered or they did anything. They never sung Leicester songs the whole way through. So it was so apparent that they'd, you know, that they weren't fans. So they got a bit of stick apparently during the game, and then at the final whistle, all the Leicester fans cleared off. There's, you know, none of this, you know, good um, sportsmanship of staying and watching the cup being presented, like you know, so many of our fans did in Madrid in June. Um, but my dad and my brother obviously stayed to watch that, and a Leicester fan had gone and then came back because he'd left his programme, and then he headbutted my dad. Oh. And it just it ruined the day for us because it took me ages to get out because half the ground, 40,000 people trying to walk around to where me, my dad and my brother were. And they'd been there ages and had the hump, you know, and I, I didn't initially know what had happened. Um, so, it, you know, it did put a sadness to the day because it, it just, you know, it's not what it's all about, is it? You know, let's yeah. be honest. If, if you want to have a, a tear up, fair enough, you might get a clump, you get what you deserve. But, you know just someone's dad it's just yeah it's just wrong isn't it but yeah. um so yeah slightly tarnished it for me
0: but um, another another trophy in the cabinet And think since since then we've only
1: won one which i think even then that book ended the 90s because we won the fa cup in 91 and we won the league cup in 90 and you genuinely would have considered that to be a poor decade yeah because the 80s had seen us you know so fruitful with with trophies and and finals and trips to wembley and, and frankly, it was a, you know, a poor time. Um, I, I don't remember the, the Alan Sugar years fondly. It makes me wonder what Twitter would have been like then
3: oh.
1: and what our fan base now, and I, when I say that, I mean the, the vocal ones who have that sense of entitlement, which sickens me, um, that appear to shout the loudest on Twitter. I know that's not the core fan, that's not our fans as, you know, as a podcast, But um, it just makes you wonder what they'd have, you know, what they'd have been like if they'd have lived through Tottenham in the 90s. Mm. We only finished, or sorry, we only won more than half of our league games in three seasons in the whole of the 90s. It's incredible. Incredible.
0: Yeah, that is pretty bad. Um, Have either of you prepared a quiz? I haven't.
2: Yeah. Okay, go
0: on. ASD, do you want to go?
2: Yeah, it's not difficult. So I just looked at the top 10 players by Premier League appearances. Just going to see if you could get them. Stato, do you think's number one? I'm 299.
1: <laughs> yeah, I've, when was his first game for us then? I've memorised that one and, and the rest I will be working out as educated guests.
2: Fine, I can, I can give you clues. Next one. Um, he played for us twice His first game for us was in 7th of February 2004 Last one was in 9th of February 2014 Teddy Who? Oh, 14. no, I said Teddy I oh, know, 2014 King? No, right position Jermaine Defoe Jermaine Defoe Jack, uh, next one is your favourite player you really talks about him Not Ledley Ledley, next one Uh Often had tramline shaved in his eyebrow. Really Lena? exciting. Who? Leno. Yeah, Leno. Uh Judas, i we're not even gonna go there. Uh current captain. Hugo. Hugo, and then another goalkeeper. Uh,
3: ooh. Walker?
2: Ian Walker. So
1: two. I think length of service it probably would have been. Yeah.
2: 92 to 2001. Then we've already mentioned him, Robbie Keane, and then another striker. Mm-hmm. Sharing, him? sharing him indeed. And then uh, Michael Dawson coming up with 236 with the same amount of games so as him which is pretty good.
1: Wow. Right. So, who else? Because Vatongan's probably our next highest appearances of the current side, isn't he?
2: So, is really high as well yeah let me I haven't got the website open but let me uh, chat amongst yourselves are you Mourinho in or are you Mourinho out Stato
1: I was Mourinho not in at the beginning and I I don't think I've really ever changed my position Um, I wish we were an Italian club who just reappoint the same manager that they've sacked during that season and get (laughs) punched back or if we void this season you restart next season with all the managers that you started this season with yeah, we good. just have him back.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, Famagusta are Cypriot, and they are currently managed by Timuriketsbayer, Newcastle uh, mentalist. Oh yeah.
0: Jordan, <laughs> Jordan <laughs> Amazing!
2: Amazing. No, I can't find this. This is crack on.
0: No, I can't. Okay. Stato, have you have you got, have you prepared any quiz or anything for us?
1: I haven't, but I've, I've found a website that's got that list of. Uh, of most right. players. Um, for Tomlin, he's in next at 228. Ericsson, 226. Carr, 226. And then down to Harry Kane, 198.
0: You mentioned so, Steve Carr there. I did see that Spurs tweeted actually that brilliant goal that he scored against Man United, which yeah. is still the best goal that well, I've seen. All yeah, an absolute rocket from a player that added horrific technique, which just makes it even more special. Um, one of my favourite ever, no, it is my favourite ever goal that I've seen live. Just brilliant, brilliant memories of, of being there as a young kid and seeing Spurs, you know, not only score a screamer, but beat Man United, who, you know, back in the day, we didn't even used to get close to Man United. But to see us beating 3-1 was just a, it was a brilliant, brilliant day. Yeah, they
1: didn't have goal.
0: Yeah, it, tarn- it tarnishes a little bit, but I just try not to. I'm
1: no, I'm, not, I'm just trying to remember the. Because <laughs> I was behind the goal in a really quite a good angle for that as well. Um, upper tier, quite central. Um, so, yeah, it would have just gone across me to the far side of the goal. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, he was a funny player and he kind of thought he'd better himself by going off to Newcastle.
0: Yeah, which was a bit of a strange move, but, yeah, each of them. Uh, right, I think that's us pretty much done. Um, if you've enjoyed listening today, do get in touch and let us know what you would like us to cover in the coming weeks. Obviously, there's there's going to be no games for at least the next two, three weeks, potentially longer than that. So we're going to stick to this structure. But if there is anything that you would like us to talk about, um, do write in and let us know. Uh,
2: but oh, if oh. underscore echoes of glory, sorry, just the same way.
0: Um, yeah, at underscore Echoes of Glory if you want to follow us on Twitter um, so yeah thanks for listening remember whatever happens future's bright future's lily white come on you Spurs
1: I always thought there was very very many people interested in football and I always thought that football was a very important game but I never realised until today
3: just how important it is whether the wonder boys of White Hart Lane are or are not the team of the century can't possibly be more than a matter of opinion
1: Well, they're the finest team in Great Britain, and one of the best in the
3: world. We are about the glory of the game. We are about playing with style. We are Tottenham Hotspur. The curve of the ball, the billow of the net, the beating of the trap and the picking of the lock the swiftness of thought, the lightness of touch. We are Ginola, Greaves, Klinsman. We are the collective gasp, the intake of breath, the flick, the trick, the 30-yard free kick. We are Hoddle, Mabbit, and King. We are the lob, the chip, the dummy, and the volley. We are the hat trick, the scissor kick, we are Bill Nick. That is schoolboy's own stuff. We are the outside of the boot, the inside of the net, and those seconds that last forever. Van der Vaart to level it up. Rafael van der Vaart, 2-2. It's quite a game, isn't it always? We are Jennings, Defoe and Perryman. Glory past, glory future, what was, what is, what's next. We are Blancheflower, Ardelis, and Bale. We are about winning with a flourish. We are about winning with style. We are about the glory of the game. Daring to try, daring to risk, daring to dream. To dare is to do.